Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour, top of the hour, one o'clock on the east, where I am here in South Florida. Brett Levy, our producer, also in the northeast, Davis Maddock in the central time zone over in Missouri. And you heard Chris's update here at the top of the hour. And Davis, our wishes came true, as as you boldly predicted. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has reported to camp with the Green Bay Packers. But what you didn't tell us was that he's going to be playing on a new team in 2022. And I wonder from your perspective, and I'm sure FanDuel, by the way, will post these odds within the next six months or so, where you think he could be headed after this year ends in 2021. Because I don't know about you, but I don't think there's any scenario he returns to Green Bay in 2022, or else why go through all of these shenanigans? I mean, you know, doesn't it seem like part of it is that uh, Aaron Rodgers likes the shenanigans? To me, I mean, it does sort of feel like he enjoys it. Like, uh, you know, he loves being the center of attention, loves all of the reporting. You know, he posted the he posted the, the picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, him and Devontae Adams, which, by the way, the messaging on that, I said at the time, I said, it's so obvious what this is. It means that they think that they are Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, where they have the feud with management, but they're coming back to win a championship almost in spite of management. And it looks like that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers is technically technically under contract for two more seasons but the team has a potential out after this season where he goes from 38 million dollars of dead cap to 17 million dollars of dead cap now you don't love having 17 million dollars of dead cap but it's a heck of a lot better than 40 million dollars of dead cap so i would imagine he would like to be traded. I don't know where. I mean, maybe maybe the Denver Broncos are bad again and they're able to trade like the number Makes six sense. pick for Aaron Rodgers next season, um, which I, I feel that the Denver Broncos, that I'm sure they would love to have Aaron Rodgers be their quarterback, even though he, I think he probably should be their quarterback right now. I, I literally think for the Broncos, for Aaron Rodgers, for the Packers, I feel I, I'm going to keep hammering on this. I feel like the Justin Fields at number nine for Aaron Rodgers trade 
made so much sense and it just didn't end up happening. But I, I do think that Rodgers will be on a different team. But I honestly, I can't even begin to think of where. Yeah, Tampa Bay, Davis, Tom Brady retires, Aaron Rodgers slips right in, and they go for another championship three years in a row, right? Who knows? All right, let's take a look at the uh, at the headlines today here on our show. Uh, Simone Biles withdraws from the women's uh, team gymnastics finals. Really disappointing story from this morning. Didn't even realize that there were some unsigned picks in the NFL draft. I, it just slipped by me, but Zach Wilson, still not under contract as training camp opens. Anybody who follows this knows not a big deal first week of camp, not a huge deal second week of camp, big deal when the preseason starts if he's not in camp. So give it a couple weeks before we start freaking out. And Aaron Rodgers meeting with the Packers, of course, in Green Bay. He's back and uh, going to play this season, probably have a new agreement at some point today. Everyone's posting video of him walking in wearing an office shirt, so no doubt about that. But the big hit last night, was from uh, Philadelphia Phillies outfielder Andrew McCutcheon, who, by the way, is having a really good season. If you want to take a look at his numbers, you'd be very surprised to see how well he's doing. But he had never had a walk-off for the Phillies until he did it last night and talked about that experience. You know, especially when it's, it's, it's your first of any anything. Like For me, it's my first walk-off with the Phillies. So, um, you know, it definitely felt good, you know, especially in that, opera, in, in that moment. Um you know, Harper's been walked multiple times, me having opportunities. And, um, yeah, being able to come through uh, was uh, definitely uh, gratifying for me. I'm, I'm curious for a number of reasons, Davis, because, of course, Brett, our producer, he's a huge Mets fan. But I really think that this is a big week for both of those teams, Davis, the Mets and the Phillies. Not because they're not playing each other or anything like that, but I, I think the Phillies, in terms of talent, now they may be a little upstairs all weird and in the clubhouse, but don't you think when you look at that Phillies roster and you start looking at the names of Segura and Real Muto and McCutcheon and Harper and Alec Bohm and some and Hoskins and those, and then they have Wheeler and Nola, like the, it feels like the Phillies could like win the NL if they got it all together, but they just never can. Maybe this is the time they do. Yeah, I mean, it's it certainly could be. I I agree with you. The Phillies roster seems much better. I mean, Segura, Romuto, Harper, McCutcheon, Hoskins, Gregorius, and even like look, you and I both still are, are leaving the light on for Alec Bohm. There's still a yeah. candle or two lit for Alec Bohm, who's only 25 years old. Uh, you know, a power hitting third baseman still is able to play good defense. Just you know, his, his bat has really not been great this season Odubel Herrera and then their their bench too I mean Brad Miller as a bench bat like Brad Miller is a really good left-handed bench bat Ronald Torres has been really good for them so I I mean I this whole time you know and it's not just to antagonize Brett I just don't think the Mets are very good and I think that it's going to come I think it's going to crumble at some point Definitely will come down to the last few games when those two teams play each other. Mets, we'll see what they do this week. Francisco Lindor not going to be back for another couple of weeks for the Mets. All right, time to play a little take them or leave them coming up in fantasy football as we're going to get into the sixth and seventh round of your fantasy football drafts. We'll talk tight end, Noah Fant. We'll also hit on Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then we got fantasy or reality, but we're just off and running here for hour two on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Make sure you follow us on social media at SportsGrid as we take a quick time out. And we will be back with more fantasy football talk, getting ready for your fantasy football drafts. That's what we do 
right here on the show. So stay on the grid and don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. draft and so it's very important that we do these little take them or leave them segments because it gives us an idea as to who davis is targeting in the fantasy draft so when he says that he's in on a player and my turn is up i'm like i better get this guy because i know i'm not going to have a chance to get him now fortunately i am not drafting anywhere near davis as far as where we are in terms of positioning but uh, let's dive into the tight end position and talk about a sixth-round pick in Noah Fant, who's being essentially drafted as one of the top five tight ends in fantasy, and he probably should. He had 62 receptions last year, 673 receiving yards, and three touchdowns on 93 targets. He's a very athletic tight end who is tied to a quarterback that tends to target the tight end a lot in Drew Locke, so he does have that going for him. Also, let's remember last season, the Broncos had one washed out game completely because they had to play Kendall Hinton. So if and and I think Fant did actually catch the only pass, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. But anyway, uh, I I could see his numbers getting better this year. 75 catches, 700 yards, five touchdowns. That would make him a top five tight end, most likely. Are you in on Noah Fant this year at his ADP of 70? 
Yeah, so I am in on Noah Fant. I love Noah Fant. Uh, I I consider him to be like the heir apparent to the Jimmy Graham throne of like uber-athletic touchdown scoring tight ends. I did want to make it clear, though. So where I get the ADP for these segments from is from the FFPC, which hosts the main event, the Football Guys Players Championship, with half a million dollars to first place in both of those events. But on that website, which I consider to be, you know, that is the kind of the home of high-stakes fantasy football so on that website uh tight ends get 1.5 point per reception mm. so tight ends get really pushed up right travis kelsey goes very early darren waller goes very early mark andrews goes very early tj hawkinson etc cetera, etc cetera. but even at this cost which is you know fifth sixth round maybe you're really lucky in the seventh round i still feel like there is a big avenue for noah fant uh, you know, to, to be a profitable selection. He was able to play in 15 games last year, did play through a high ankle sprain. I thought he looked really good last season. Like, I, I like just feel like when I watch Noah Fant play, he looks incredible. I think he should be in line for about another 70 receptions. And we just kind of need him to run good with touchdown variants. But I do really like Noah Fant, so I am taking him. Yeah, and, and I think that, He's he's sort of, I think, quarterback proof. I'm not really worried if he struggles, if they make the change there, because I still think he'll get targets. He's also, as you mentioned, athletic, and he was at Iowa. I actually liked him better than Hawkinson at Iowa, although Hawkinson's had his moments too. But I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you on Fan, and, and he's probably somebody that I'd be very comfortable with having as my starting tight end this year. Okay, let's go over to Pittsburgh, and Chase Claypool is being drafted more or less in the sixth round of fantasy football drafts and his rookie season looked like this 62 receptions 873 receiving yards he had 11 touchdowns last year and also a couple rushing on a hundred and nine targets and uh, davis he is a huge target for ben roethlisberger and maybe the biggest wide receiving target in terms of size in the end zone for a wide receiver going into 2021 but unlike noah fant uh, look, if you're playing in a touchdown league with no PPR, I mean, uh, Claypool could be a wide receiver one for you because the receptions won't matter. But do you think that he's able to increase by, let's say, 15 or 10 percent on the receptions and yards? Because I think the touchdowns will be there for sure. Yeah, I do. Um, so, you know, we talked about Deontay Johnson last week and I said, look, you know, Deontay Johnson is the kind of fragile guy who can see his fantasy value slip very easily because it is very much predicated on being targeted a lot. However, if you are dropping the ball, if you're not running the right routes, if you're having trouble getting open, you're going to stop earning those targets. I, I don't think there really is any risk of Chase Claypool not earning targets. In fact, as a rookie, the Steelers went out of their way to give Chase Claypool the ball near the end zone, in the red zone. They were running, you know, jet sweeps with him. They were throwing him fades towards the pylon as a rookie. And all of that stuff is very impressive. I mean, you know, he was a 22-year-old player who scored 11 touchdowns, um, you know, on only 109 targets as a rookie. I Chase Claypool is the exact type of player who can win you your fantasy league because on a limited number of touches, he can put up an absurd amount of fantasy points. So when you're looking at guys in the sixth round, you're looking at your your Robbie Andersons, your Odell Beckhams, guys like that. I mean, those guys might have better median projections than Clay, Chase Claypool because if the Steelers are really bad and very run heavy, Chase Claypool is only going to see like 80 or 90 targets. But 
he has this huge ceiling that a guy like Robbie Anderson doesn't have because Robbie Anderson, he's never scoring 12 touchdowns. It's never happening, but Claypool can do that pretty easily. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the running back position and let's go to the Buffalo Bills. And we, I, I think we did Zach Moss a, few, a couple of weeks ago, so now let's go to his running back tandem partner in Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic University down by my way, 136th overall. Boy, he has fallen in ADP the last couple of years, that's for sure. 687 rushing yards, 38 receptions, 269 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. And and Davis just uh, really, honestly, has has never emerged as the guy in Buffalo. And, and I don't even know that Zach Moss, honestly, has all that much to do with it. He's gotten some opportunities. We know the quarterback is going to run near the goal line, but Singletary doesn't even have that breakaway speed where if he's on the 40, he could just run 40 yards for a touchdown. He's going to get caught. He's a, he's a really good player, but I don't think he's a great player. What do you make of his ADP, though, at 136, 12th round for a lot of fantasy football drafts? So, I mean, the you you hit on the key problem for Buffalo Bills running backs, which is their quarterback takes away a lot of the high-value rushes. And also, you know, another thing we know is that running quarterbacks tend to not throw the ball to their running backs all that often. I mean, the Buffalo Bills don't run that much to begin with. They were one of the teams uh, that was lowest in the NFL in rush rate relative to score line. You know, uh, Josh Allen threw... 572 passes, but combined, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss saw fewer than 80 targets. So there just are not a lot of pass attempts there for the running backs. They get down to the goal line, and Josh Allen is running the ball. And so then you're kind of leaving yourself with, well, what are these guys going to do? And it's not like one of them is getting all of the work. Like, you know, it's not like 22 carries a game for one of these guys. They're kind of splitting the work down the middle. So you don't have any receptions. You don't really have that many touchdown opportunities. What what are you what are you wanting? Like the the only way I think that Zach Moss and Devin Singletary pay off this season, I think there are two ways. The first would be the team decides we're paying Josh Allen all this money. Josh Allen is our franchise quarterback. Let's protect him near the goal line. We don't need this guy, you know, suplexing himself over the offensive line to get these touchdowns and we can just hand the ball off. The other way would be Obviously, Devin Singletary will have a better year if Zach Moss gets hurt. Obviously, Zach Moss is going to have a better year if Devin Singletary gets hurt. But I do not love Devin Singletary because I think some of the guys who are next to him, Alexander Madison, James White, Giovanni Bernard, I like those guys' profiles better. So I am mostly at this point of the offseason leaving Devin Singletary to my opponents. Yeah, and and I think that that makes sense. And I I wonder... If in 2021, if if Buffalo doesn't draft a running back again in the third round or fourth round, one of these players like Gainwell, like that kind of running back to uh, to maybe be a guy. I, I, I don't think that the two guys that they have are good enough to stop Josh Allen from running. But inevitably, as running backs, as, excuse me, as quarterbacks get older, they stop running. And at some point, they do hand the ball off a little bit more. And Josh Allen is not there yet, for sure. But in two years, he will be. So I'm curious if they dip back into it because while Moss and Singletary were really both good in college, I don't think either one has emerged as a starter in fantasy for 2021. All right, coming up next, the Raz Bowl. With that being underway, our best ball fantasy football drafts, Davis 
and myself and Brett have all made two picks in this first and second round. We've made more, but for the sake of the show, we're going to give you the first and second round. And we'll also get Davis's opinion on the best picks in the first and second round of this draft. So if you're ready to draft, we're ready to help. Next, stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. football draft of 2021 it's called the Raz bowl if you want to go back and watch us on demand or listen to our show on demand yesterday we had donkey teeth on from Raz ball kind of going over exactly what it is how it was formed and the format for this it is sort of a best ball format but it does get a little bit tricky toward the end and becomes uh, you know sort of head to head but uh, davis i know that you have made your first and second round pick and then we'll bring brett in for his and then we'll go through mine, and then we'll take a look at your notable selections in the first and second round. So you had the second overall pick. What did you do with that selection, and then how did you back up that pick in the second round? Yeah, well, it definitely was a no-brainer for me because I was able to uh, I was able to select a guy that I knew I really wanted in Christian McCaffrey. That felt uh, you know that felt very easy. Did not uh, did not have to think about that one very long you know you you get on the board and christian mccaffrey's there at two and you uh you don't think very long and hard and you just go ahead and pick him and then the guy that i took with my second selection was aj brown i was debating between uh clive Hilaire, antonio gibson or aj brown i felt 
pretty confident that I would be able to get one of those two running backs, uh, you know, because I was picking at two. So the guy behind me was only making two picks. So I, I felt he would take at least one wide receiver with that selection. He did. So uh, that, that was a nice, but I mean, AJ Brown, one of my favorite wide receivers to take. There is a, I think a clear tear break after AJ Brown and CD lamb. We'll talk about CD lamb later. You were able to get great value with your CD lamb selection, but started off my draft with the number one running back in fantasy football. And I, I think a pretty clear top five wide receiver in fantasy football with AJ Brown. So I was, was very happy with those two selections. Yeah. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing McCaffrey. I don't know if they're going to use him at all in the preseason, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him play a little bit in training camp. And with the way that Brown emerged last year, especially toward the end of the year with Tannehill, I think that both of those picks are going to be really good ones for Davis for sure. Now let's, uh, who are we going to move on to here now? Do we want to do my picks? Or we want to do Brett's picks. Do Brett's picks next. All right. So let's bring in Brett Levy, our producer who made his first two selections. And uh, Brett, you decided to go wide receiver with your first pick overall. Who did you end up taking in the first round? Yeah, Craig, with the top five running backs off the board and uh, or top four and Travis Kelsey off the board. I went with Tyree Kill, uh, six points for touchdowns. And um, I also played into my second pick of Mike Evans. There was no running back I was absolutely in love with. And I knew I wouldn't have the opportunity to pick a top wide receiver again. So I took uh, the first crack at wide receiver in our league, went with Tyree Kill. A few hours later, Devontae Adams gets his quarterback back, and I think he might have been picked right after me or two picks after me. So if I waited it out a little bit, I would have had more of a difficult choice. But at the time, there was no Aaron Rodgers in Packers camp, Craig. So I, I went with Tyree Kill uh, the big play threat uh, with Pat Mahomes. And, um, you know, maybe I'll target a few Chiefs later on in the draft as well. All right. Well, Davis, uh, Davis, you've done a ton of these best ball drafts before. What do you make of, of Brett taking two wide receivers with his first two selections? How many times have you done that? You know, I've done that plenty of times. Uh, I, I think there, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't love the wide receiver that Brett chose to take with his second pick. If I, I, I think Tyreek where he took him was perfect. Um, you know, Tyreek is going to have a better expectation than, you know, your Jonathan Taylor's. I mean, maybe, maybe Brett should have taken Ezekiel Elliott, but again, I, I don't have, I don't have any problem with, uh, with Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill's probably going to finish at the number one wide receiver, probably going to score the most amount of points and sets yourself up for a great best ball stack with Patrick Mahomes, the top projected quarterback in fantasy football. The second pick, I if I was sitting there on the clock where Brett was picking, I most likely would have taken. If I wanted to take a second wide receiver, I would have taken Justin Jefferson or A.J. Brown ahead of him. But again, those are minor quibbles, and we always think we know more at the beginning of the season than we actually do. Like where, you know, I'm sitting here talking to you, and I'm like, oh, you know, this player is definitely better than this player, but oftentimes that ends up, you know, being very not true. Like we get to the end of the season and all of the things that we thought are, are it's, it's not represented by reality at all. So I, I have no, I have no issue with the structure, but you know, Evans would have not been my pick. 
All right, let's take a look at my picks now from the first and second round. And also important to note that I had the eighth pick overall. So I took Ezekiel Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys at running back, who I had last year, and he was a bust. But I also took a guy, Davis, I went right back to the well, who I had last year in DK Metcalf. And I mean, I don't really feel like it was a reach to take him there in the second round. But, I, you know, I, I just kind of feel like there's still even a little bit more ceiling for him there. And and I could make the case he's a top three wide receiver in fantasy football. So getting him in the second round, Davis, felt good to me. I don't know. Did it was that a little bit of a reach for you? No, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think that was a reach at all. I, I think that was a very good selection. I mean, you started your draft off with Ezekiel Elliott, who is just going to be your locked in. You, you're not going to have to worry about where your running back points are coming from. And if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have a good season or gets hurt, you're screwed anyway. You you know you've lost your points from your first round pick, so it's not like it's it's not like you're going to be making up those points. Like if your first round pick gets hurt, you're just going to lose anyway. Um, and in this specific draft, the way the board went, you know, could you have taken Saquon Barkley? Could you have taken Justin Jefferson instead of Metcalf? Could you have taken right. Austin Eckler? Sure, but like uh, again, I don't you know you don't want to get too much in the weeds on like this guy versus this guy because the market the the overall accumulation of average draft position is going to be sharper and has more knowledge and information in it than anything that I think, anything that Brett thinks, anything that you think. Like we're all we're all just one guy. We just got one brain versus the collective brain of millions of people doing these drafts all across the world. So no issue with it. And 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 by the way, with Metcalf specifically, I think his quarterback, Russell Wilson, has a really good price in drafts and so I think that you set up that stack pretty well. And and, and Metcalf also is just going to have some crazy weeks. Like he's going to have some 35-point weeks. So I, I have no issue. Um, I don't really have an issue with the way any of us started it. So I think we all started our drafts pretty solidly. All right. Well, I'm interested to to hear who you thought got drafted too high. And I don't know if this is an indication of someone that you won't be taking in the first couple of rounds, but what was notable for you through the first two rounds of the Raz Bowl in our draft? Well, I mean, I I do think that the the worst pick that was made was the drafter who made the selection of taking Nick Chubb at 11th overall. The Browns have just made it very clear they are not throwing him the football. In 12 games last year, he had 16 receptions. Kareem Hunt played all of the passing downs. Even in 2019, when Nick Chubb was incredible, he only got 36 receptions, 20 receptions as a rookie. They just have made it clear they're not throwing him the ball. So other guys who went after him, Aaron Jones with Aaron Rodgers back, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, even even Antonio Gibson and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like uh, honestly, I would rather draft Antonio Gibson or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire straight up over Nick Chubb. And again, could I be wrong? Of course, I could be wrong. These are these are micro decisions that that people get wrong all the time. But I did not think that was a great selection. But Craig, I, I think through five rounds, honestly, I think you made the best selection that's going to end up being the best value. I think Ezekiel Elliott at eight. I mean, by the time we get to September 1st, Ezekiel Elliott's average draft position is going to be third overall. I think his median expectation gives him way more points than Derrick Henry, even more points than Alvin Kamara. And we just see people be prisoners of the moment all the time. Zeke looked pretty bad last year. 
the offense wasn't as good after Dak Prescott got hurt. But we are, you know, 18 months away from him having a a 1,700-yard season with 355 touches and 14 touchdowns. The offense is going to be way better in 2021 than it was back in that 2019 season. Dak is healthy. The offensive line got three guys back who were all injured last season. CeeDee Lamb, of course, incredible. So I, I think that that is, I mean, not that it was uh, real hard work for you to click that button. Like, I don't think uh, you're, you're Vincent Van Gogh in the draft room, but that was, I think, the best EV selection. By, by the way, I know we have a minute left. Why, you, you've said this a few times on the show. Why do you think Ezekiel Elliott in, in a month from now goes third overall? I know you keep mentioning this. Why is that going to be? Um, well, he already is moving up draft boards. Like he started out the off season going around where we're seeing him now about eight, nine, 10, but I've been in, you know, a couple of these high stakes drafts over the last couple weeks. And he has started to really shoot up the draft boards. In fact, I did my pros versus Joe's draft on the FFPC on Sunday night. And he went second overall in that draft. And pretty much what you'll see is, about two weeks after the high stakes drafters start taking someone that high, you start to see it filter into, you know, consensus ADP and consensus rankings. So I think the combination of everyone realizing Derrick Henry's never going to catch passes, the Michael Thomas injury just kind of making the shine of the New Orleans Saints apple a little bit less bright. I think all of those things are just going to add up to us taking Ezekiel Elliott after Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, interestingly enough, we'll uh, hit more on the Cowboys tomorrow. I'm back in on them again, and I, I think I'm going to go for the quarterback, too, to cap it off. We'll see as we get closer to the middle rounds of our 2021 Raz Bowl. But first, got to take a quick timeout. Brett will join us again next for some questions here on fantasy or reality. And then we, of course, have the Sports Grid 60. So make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid. Anytime there's a trade happening with Major League Baseball, we will bring it to you live here on the show and also covering it for you here on Sports Grid. So stay with us. More FST coming up next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Fantasy or reality on deck. I'm seeing a report here uh, that says from CBS Sports that Deshaun Watson unlikely Davis to take the field during training camp amidst trade talks going on. This is like the strangest situation that I could ever recall. Like they really waited this long to start engaging in a trade. And I would ask you this, like, is Denver that spot now? Like you mentioned Denver before with Aaron Rodgers. Is a team willing to take a chance on a guy with all of these picks that it looks like they're asking for, for someone that may not play in 22? By the way, like, what happens if some other shoe drops and he can't play this year too at some point? Like, I, this whole thing is just so odd. It is very odd. I, I mean, I guess some people are speculating that he just is showing up so that he can get – paid not to play in 2021 that he just wants it so that the the Texans are on the hook financially to pay him during the course of you know not not playing him all of the reporting which I I don't get why they want to do this but the Philadelphia Eagles are the team that are rumored to be most interested in trading for Deshaun Watson I I don't know why they would want to give like, you know, Jalen Hurts is getting paid nothing. They're spending no money on the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts, a second-round pick, why would they want to give what whatever Watson's contract is? I'm sure it's like $35 million a year to a guy that they don't know if he is even, you know, going to be allowed to play this year or next year. Like, it feels absurd for the Eagles to be taking on that risk. So I, I, I think you can, you know, take some stabs on Deshaun Watson in these best ball drafts like last round and things like that. But I, I, I just have kind of thought this whole time he's not going to play this year. Yeah, it's it's so strange, but we'll see as time goes by. All right, Brett, let's let's jump, jump into some fantasy reality here as we end the show. All right. Well, we spoke about it a little bit earlier in the show, but we haven't mentioned it since hour one. Reports have surfaced that the OKC Thunder have offered Shy Gilgis Alexander and the number one no, in the number six pick, excuse me, uh, for de- to Detroit for the number one overall pick Thursday night. This is pretty big news because uh, teams usually want to keep that number one overall pick. This is a pretty good starting offer. Shy Gilgis Alexander, great young point guard in the league. So, Davis, since this trade involves your team, we'll start with you. But the Pistons aspects, what we're attacking here. So the Pistons will trade the number one overall pick on Thursday night. Is this a fantasy or reality? 
Yeah, I mean, it's good content, it's good TV, it's good articles for all of us to read, but this is a fantasy because no one can really offer the Pistons a good enough deal to do it. The rumored Oklahoma City deal, I don't think makes sense for the Pistons or makes sense for Oklahoma City. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I don't think, is a true top five future NBA player. I think maybe a top 15 NBA player, you know, a guy who maybe will make one or two all NBA teams in his career if things really pan out for him. But even that compared to what you could get with Cade Cunningham, I don't think is worth it. You know, some teams spend decades trying to get the number one overall pick. You know, some teams tank and tank and tank and are never able to get the number one overall pick. And the the value of the number one overall pick is massive compared to the number two, the number three, the number four. If you just look at the return for number one overall picks versus other lottery picks, it completely dwarfs the return. It's cost-controlled labor. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to have to get paid by Oklahoma City after this season and then would have to be paid by the Pistons. I don't know if they're wanting to commit a Supermax contract to Shea. And you know, looking at other teams around the league, I don't know if anyone has the package to offer it. The, the number one pick and the cost-controlled value it gives is like, it's the most valuable thing in the sport. Like, you, you, it just, you can't really trade for the number one overall pick. So I think that this is a fantasy. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that it's interesting and fun to be able to discuss this because I don't think that we've heard about this in a few years. Usually the first pick, you know who it is. The team's going to take them and they move on. So to hear this makes it a little interesting. But I, I think that's probably all this is. It, it's such a nice thing for an organization and a franchise to secure the number one overall pick and then to trade it away on a whim, by the way. And SGA is a very good player, but I, I think they're going to keep the pick. You mentioned the finances being involved. They're going to have to pay that player that they're talking about. Also, they're going to control Cunningham for a number of years. So I'm with you. I think this is a fantasy, and I, I think the Pistons will keep that number one overall pick on Thursday night. All right. Well, we're going over to the baseball diamond where Joe Madden was backing his guy last night when asked about uh, how close the MVP race is. Joe Madden said uh, it's not even close, basically, <laughs> uh, when talking about Shohei Otani. So we got to ask, Craig, we'll start with you since we're on the diamond. Shohei Otani has already locked up. He already won the AL MVP. Craig, is this a fantasy or reality? Yeah, this is a reality a couple of months ago, so nothing should have changed here. And look, I suppose if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had 40 home runs right now, then there would be that opportunity for him to at least be in the discussion. I'm very curious how the MVP of the American League is going to be moving forward. Because the Angels are a 500 team, probably going to finish as a 500 team. And I think Otani could do exactly this again next year with no problem. So does Otani just win the MVP every year? I don't know. But I do agree with Joe Madden. And uh, look, the FanDuel's odds tells you everything. He's like minus, what, 300, 400 to win the MVP. It's a foregone conclusion at this point. I wouldn't say that he had it wrapped up in May. But I feel like a month ago at this time, we knew he was going to be the MVP. And I stand by that. So uh, Davis will cash that ticket as a reality. You know, we, we said it. We said it every single day. You know, we said it in February. We said it in March. We said it in April. We said if Shohei Otani plays the whole season, he gets the MVP. It really is that simple because 
for all of you know how how uh, tumultuous Shohei Otani's career has been, he has never been bad when he played. Now he hit 190 last year, and he only played. He only had 175 plate appearances, but he still hit seven home runs. He was still stealing bases. He didn't. Uh, you know, the the pitching did not work out for him last season. But you know, go back and look at what he did in 2019 when he played. Go back and look at what he did in 2018 when he played. It's not like any of us are surprised he played this well. And I think, Craig, what you said there, it's such an interesting precedent because Otani is going to be this good when he's healthy. I don't have any concerns about him, you know, losing the power, not pitching as well. Like, this is just who Otani is when he's not injured. And if he wins this year and the Angels don't make the playoffs as a 500 team, I think that's the voters saying Otani, any season where he plays 140 games, is the MVP unless someone has a truly absurd season. Now, if the Blue Jays were leading the division, right, if the Blue Jays had won, uh, you know, if they were a 60-win team right now instead of a 50-win team, and Vlad was having this season he was having, I feel like you could make an argument for Vlad. But right now, Vlad is number one in baseball and weighted on base average. But you know who's number two? Shohei Otani. And then you add in the fact that Otani has more home runs. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, this guy is a starting pitcher and has pitched 70 innings and has been the best pitcher on his team while doing that. It's not even close. It's not even a discussion. So Otani has already won the MVP. And I think he has also staked his claim to future MVPs. All right. Well, everyone pay out Davis's winning ticket. Uh, it's over. But... The biggest news of the day is probably from the movie theaters. The new Ghostbuster movie uh, released a trailer this morning. It's going to be out in November. People are very excited. Movie looks good. So we got to ask. Davis, we'll start with you. You will see the new Ghostbusters movie. They've made a few of these, but you will see this one. Fantasy or reality? So I guess... This is going to be dependent on... I, I have no idea if my girlfriend has nostalgia for the original Ghostbusters movie. Now, if she if this was one of the movies that she watched growing up or that like you know she watched with her siblings when she was in high school or whatever, then I feel like it's pretty likely that we'll watch it because she's, she's not big into movies. So generally speaking, when we watch one, uh, it'll have to like... There's got to be some hook for her to get into it. I, I did not watch Ghostbusters back like when I was really uh, associating those memories. Like I don't have huge, I think I watched it when I was in college, maybe at like 20 or 21 or something like that. So I'm not super jazzed for it. I, I do really like Bill Murray. Like he, you know, he's a funny guy or whatever. And it was, I, I remember it being a good movie, but I'm not like super jazzed for this one. Space Jam, I was, I was all aboard. I was, you know, good or bad, I was going to watch it. So I will guess that this is probably a fantasy. I'm probably not going to watch this one. Is Bill, is Bill Murray in this movie, by the way? Is he in this at all? Does anybody know? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll check on that for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so this, look, Ghostbusters was in my 80s wheelhouse, the first one, and then the second one, which I, you know, I thought the second one was okay. Like, a lot of people hated the second one. I thought the second one was okay. And then, if I'm not mistaken... Maybe five years ago, they did another one with uh, with women involved in it, I think. And, and some people liked it. Some people didn't. I don't even think I saw that one, if I'm not mistaken. But first of all, the trailer looks pretty good. 
and it it looks like it's going to be a good movie. But uh, Davis, the other thing that I would add to this, this may sound crazy, but does Paul Rudd really make terrible movies? Like, I feel like whatever he's in, the movie tends to be okay. Like, I don't think it's like, like it, it, does he make horrible movies? So my guess is that this is going to be good because he's in it. I don't know why I feel that way about him, but I'm going to say reality. I think that provided I haven't been to a movie theater, by the way, in, in a year and six months. But if I was going to pick a movie to go to, I think I would choose this one. Yeah, I mean, you are you are actually totally right. Paul Rudd, I feel like exclusively makes good movies. Um, I, I did just click through the trailer while we were on here. I clicked through the trailer to see if I saw uh, Bill Murray. I didn't see him, but I feel like, you know, anyone who is who is alive who is associated with that movie back when it came out they, they'll have a cameo they will they will figure some way out to integrate those guys into the into the movie and I see that this doesn't come out until November so that is gonna be prime uh, cold weather not gonna really want to be going out gonna be you know just my head is gonna be buried in fantasy football I'm not I'm like if I if I'm watching a movie I'm, I'm sitting on the couch at 6 30 with some food and I'm like whatever put it on and I you know just watch it veg out so actually maybe I will end up watching it just because I'll be looking for things to you know put on as I'm decompressing and winding down at the end of the day so I you know what I'm gonna revise this and say actually I probably will wow. watch it a, re a revision here. So we got to get you on Ted Lasso and we got to get you on, on that. I watched, by the way, the first new episode of, of Ted Lasso uh, the other day. I thought it was actually pretty good. So looking forward to this week's as well. All right. Well, Davis did a little uh, a flip-flop here during Fantasy Reality. That's, that's rare. But coming up next, we've got the Sports Grid 60. So make sure you stay on the grid for that. As we continue on this week, training camps across the league, all 30 teams open tomorrow. So my guess is starting tomorrow, you're going to hear a lot of fantasy information from us on the football side, but we will not neglect the Major League Baseball trade deadline. That is coming up on Friday as well. So tomorrow we'll talk more about some players that could be staying or going. So stay with us for that as well. And as a reminder, you can also listen to our show as a podcast for those of you who have iTunes or Android or Google Play in addition, maybe you have Stitcher. Anywhere where you listen to podcasts, just search for Fantasy Sports Today, and you can hear our show on demand. And we'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.
The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It is time for us to get out of here in less than two minutes. So at the end of each show, we have a final thought. We call it the Sports Grid 60, and let's see what Davis has as he closes us out here on this Tuesday. Davis? Well, it's getting to be late in July, right about August, so that means that uh, the new Madden video game is coming out, something that uh, when I was like 16, this was like the the pinnacle of the year. I loved playing Madden. Don't, don't have as much time uh, to play it these days, of course. You know, I'm a grown-up with uh, grown-up responsibilities. But I always get a kick out of going through the ratings. Every year, always get a kick out of going through the ratings, even if it, you know, really is meaningless at, at the end of the day. And the quarterback ratings are not out yet. But I, I am always curious, one, to see if they give Patrick Mahomes the 99, of course, which I, I think they probably will. But then also, I, I want to know what they're going to do to my guys, Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. Dak got hurt last year. Lamar had, you know, a much worse 2020 than he did 2019. So I am hoping that my friends, I have a couple of buddies who work over for uh, Madden and for EA Sports. I hope they do the right thing, and I hope that they don't crush my guy Lamar and uh, and Dak's quarterback ratings. Yeah, I, I'll stick with MLB The Show. I think that's uh, that's definitely as far as, as I am going to go. All right, I uh, want to end the show on Max Scherzer. Listen, by tomorrow, it's very possible that Scherzer will be on another team. I believe he's supposed to pitch over the next 24 hours. But this is a situation where you're talking about one of the best pitchers over the last 20 years and has a chance to win a championship. And, and by the way, Scherzer as a pitcher, much better than Albert Pujols as a hitter at this stage, but would anybody blame Max Scherzer for wanting to just jump on board on the Los Angeles Dodgers train and win another World Series? By the way, he won a World Series in 2019. I'd be totally fine with it. And it seems like every player would want to jump on the Dodgers right now to win a World Series championship. And at this point, with guys who are coming to the end of their careers, I'm all for it. No issue with Scherzer. Hopefully he gets dealt in the next day or two. That'll do it for the show. Thanks, of course, to Connell over at LTN, to Spencer. And for Danny and Ryan and our producer and co-host here on the show at times, Brett Levy. Uh, thanks to Davis Maddock, of course, my co-host here on the show. We'll see you tomorrow with an update on the Rasmus. I hope you have a great rest of your day here on Fantasy Sports Today. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.